I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome to a special edition of the Stadium Journey Podcast. We like to call these special editions Overtime Podcasts. The Stadium Journey is more than just a great podcast lifestyle. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, contains over 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and great features perfect for the traveling sports fan. And in addition to the website, we are all over social media. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube also. We're everywhere. The Stadium Journey podcast is the perfect companion when you're on a road trip. Just type in VOC Nation Radio Network into your podcast search app or search for us on Spotify. We're there too. And in addition, all of our old video podcasts are on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. Perfect for binge watching. And if you got nothing to do on a Tuesday night, the regular podcast streams live on twitch.tv slash damnlaw83. So let's take a second before we begin and introduce our starting lineup, old school style. Dave, where can I listen to follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Profan. Mark, how about yourself? Where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, Ballpark Hunter on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I have videos every Monday and every Thursday. Check them out. And the fact that you put them on your own personal channel, we do not hold that against you. Our producer, Dan Palachico, the above-average comedian, is not with us tonight, but, you know, he's still out there somewhere. Uh, you can follow him online at DanLaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me online at PuckmanRI. 
And tonight we are pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Burlington Sock Puppets, Anderson Rathbun. Anderson, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you guys. This is going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna have a good time here. So I want to start off by uh, letting you recap this eventful off season you guys have had down there in Burlington and in the rest of the Appalachian League. A couple yeah. of a couple of things happened this winter, didn't it? Yeah, a few things, a few a few minor details that I, I'll try not to bore you guys with, but yeah. So we my uh, my journey here with the with the club started in February when uh, I was in the booth of an Olive Garden with Ryan Kerr, who was the then president of the Daytona Tortugas, and he asked me, "Hey, if I acquired uh, uh, the Burlington Royals, would you want to go up there and be the GM?" And uh, I interned here in 2015 previously, uh, so I, I, I know the area a little bit, and, and I, I enjoyed my time here. So I said, sure, uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just just tell me when. And, uh, yeah, he acquired the team at the end of February. I moved up here at uh, March 1st, and two weeks later we were in a, uh, a global shutdown. And, uh, and, yeah, I had nothing to do. So this, this, this past year, this past season has been eventful for sure. Uh, but yeah, we're excited to we're excited to get to get rocking and rolling. The the good thing, I guess, if there is one thing that came out of COVID, is is we were able to rebrand. We were going to rebrand regardless of what league we joined. And for those who you guys don't know, the Appalachian League is now uh, the Appalach- Appalachian League powered by USA Baseball and Major League Baseball. We are a collegiate summer league wood bat series uh, that's going to feature the top 300 uh, freshmen and sophomores in college baseball. So we're extremely excited to be a part of this league. Uh, extremely fortunate for Major League Baseball and USA Baseball's uh, commitment to us and to our communities, uh, first and foremost. And, and yeah, they, they gave us a chance to rebrand. And regardless of what league we're going to be, we wanted to take on our own identity. So uh, I guess I'll just throw this out there like it's no big deal. We rebranded ourselves as a, a typical name, the Bronson Stock Puppets. Yeah, that's absolutely a case of turning a, a negative into a positive because the Appalachian League is – or if I, am I saying it wrong? I said Appalachian. You, you were saying Appalachian. So it is technically Apple. It's the Apple Action League, ah, and, and I'm gonna be honest. When I first when I first got into this league, I didn't know how to pronounce it. And within two minutes, the entire league and the league president uh, very well corrected me. It is Appalachian. Well, I'm a, I'm a damn Yankee, so yeah, sorry. So yeah, that's I right. Corrected as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but uh, the whole league took this negative, well perceived negative, because it has a long history of being an affiliated league. Um, and some would say the demotion to summer college was a bump down, but but the league took it as a positive and rebranded, which has been uh, you know universally acclaimed all all the fun that's been happening over over the winter. Yeah, let let alone the fact that all ten teams were able to rebrand, it's it's not a step down. I mean, I, I it's 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 funny to me to see. And granted, I work at I work in baseball, so uh, when you hear professional to collegiate, there's just a natural inherent, okay, it's it's less of a league. But if you break down and think to yourself that, all right, baseball, what is baseball? What is a rookie league? Who are the players that, you know, a rookie league consists of compared to who are we going to be getting? We're going to be getting pretty much the same, if not older, players. I mean, a rookie league, we're, we're, going to, we're getting uh, the international signees who are their first professional, this is their prof- first professional season, or we're getting the high school draftees in, in the rookie league. Now we're getting freshman, sophomore, college kids that are a year into a year or two older than uh, than what they were prior to the the rookie level. So it's it's interesting and it's fun to see the the reaction. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind the competition is going to be 
if not as good, better than than um, than than what we had in years past with the Royals. Yeah, as someone who has watched many a summer collegiate league game, living right out here, uh, right next to Cape Cod where I live, I'm on the Cape all summer, and that's generally considered as the premier summer yeah. college league. I can vouch that the level of baseball in these leagues is absolutely fantastic. You're yeah. getting the top yeah. top players from across the country. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't aware that. Um, is that how they're going to stratify it? Like you all are going to get freshmen and sophomores, juniors and seniors are going to go somewhere else? Yeah, so so, so USA Baseball is in charge of recruiting the top 300, who they rank top 300 freshmen and sophomores. Um, and the, the the roster list is still being formed. We have a pretty solid base of, of who we have. We have kids from Vanderbilt, ever heard of that school? Uh, UCLA, Oklahoma State, Illinois, uh, some big-time schools that are going to be playing in this league this summer, uh, and, and, and we're pumped to have that. But, yeah, so the freshmen and sophomores and, and some really, really good incoming freshmen are going to be uh, in this league. And then the rising juniors are going to go to Cape Cod League, and then the rising seniors are going to be. I'm sorry, the rising seniors are going to go to Cape Cod League, and the the after your senior year, because now the draft is going to be in August, they're going to what's being called the MLB Draft League. Well, I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, that. Yeah. The, the other major league baseball, um, the other major league baseball t- uh, league that that MLB is uh, creating. Okay, Mark. I'm sorry. I was. I, I kind of monopolized. You go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just going to say, uh, from a fan's perspective, did you have to do a lot of re-education to your season ticket holders, to the media? What has that reaction been so far from them who are used to affiliated ball? Yeah, I mean, I think from a perception standpoint, when you see Burlington baseball's losing affiliation, they're becoming collegiate from rather than professional. There's just this inherent like, hey, we're 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 not the same as we were. So there, it was a challenge at first to show people, hey, it's not about. It's not really even about the level of play. It's about the experience of going to a ballpark. It's about going to a baseball game. It's about experiencing this unique uh, atmosphere when you walk through the gates of Bronson Athletic Stadium. Like that's what I focus on. I mean, the level of play will take care of itself. The players are going to do. The players are going to play. Uh, what I care about is making sure when you come to the ballpark, that fan journey is when you park your car all the way until you get back in your car to leave, is at the is at the top uh, echelon of experience and so like that's what I care about and that's what we had to educate people on is if you take out the the level of play Burlington baseball is never going to be better Burlington baseball is going to have this huge just influx of energy put into it going into this year that you're not going to recognize the difference between attending a game in 2019 and again uh, attending a game in 2021 so that was our first step in educating and then second yeah like for the people that do care about the baseball which there are some I don't want to say nobody cares about it um, letting them know, like, hey, this is this is Major League Baseball. If you're gonna if you're gonna create a baseball league, Major League Baseball and the team that organizes the Olympic team and the national teams are two pretty good organizations to partner with. So I just want to we, we just want to educate the trust and the viability of like, hey, this is who we're gonna be. This is the people that are running our league. It's gonna be good, I assure you. So in the uh, in the old affiliated days, uh, essentially your roster was was sent to you by the by the big league club, right? Yep. Now you you had said that uh, USA Baseball is is organizing the top three hundred players. I think you said. Uh, how are those players going to be sent to which teams in in your league? Is it going to be like a draft, or is it going to be like localized based on you know where they were from, or is it kind of like a free agent-ish kind of thing. How, how's that player personnel piece going to work? 
it's actually great because the teams are going to be pretty much as even as they possibly can be on paper. USA Baseball is is the organization that's specifically operating the league, and they're the ones who are recruiting the players and assigning them to teams. So to the best of their abilities, they will be trying to place players from various colleges, not based on location as much. Obviously, we have a preference on hey, if, if we're going to do if a, if a Duke player, UNC player. You know, we want them in Burlington, obviously, but they're going to do their best to make sure that the players are placed evenly throughout the team. So the competition and, and the level of play across the consistency across the 10 teams should be pretty evenly matched. So um, what does that make your job entail now as, as a general manager of a club in the Appalachian League? Yeah, so one of, one of the biggest misconceptions of uh, of people are – of minor league baseball, I should say, is the role of the general manager. It's hilarious. I still have friends that think I'm, you know, on phones with Princeton making uh, making trades, or I'm gonna call Pulaski and say, hey, I wanna I wanna ship you off my washing machine for this guy, kind of thing, you know. And that's just not the case. Uh, general manager position from uh, rookie level, collegiate summer league, even all the way up to AAA baseball. Our job is to to ensure it, it, it's really a, a president of a or a CEO of a baseball or of a of a business. We're here to make sure. That that the business is running smoothly, that the fans are enjoying their time here, and that the ballpark is is doing what a ballpark should do. And at the end of the day, that's just being a community center. Uh, just a quick one. So what would your turnover have been in, in years past? Would it have been like one year and those guys are gone, they're either moving up or moving out? Um, or did you have a couple – a couple of guys, like a few guys that would stick around for a second year? Uh, how, how did that work before – Compared to now, where it sounds like you're just going to get a whole fresh new crop of players um, year to year. Yeah, honestly, and, and that's a, that's another honestly similarity of what we had in the past. Most people would spend one year at rookie level, and if you spent two years at the rookie level, that wasn't you know that wasn't the best sign of hey this is this is how the big club you know thinks of your development. So uh, it's going to be the, honestly very very similar. We're going to have pretty much a new roster every single year. We might get a, a guy uh, twice, tw- you know, back-to-back years, which would actually be a better thing than what it would mean if, if we had a guy two times because a guy coming here from their freshman to sophomore year, it doesn't mean that they're not developing the way that they should be. It just means that, hey, they developed more. They're in this league, which is a developmental league, and they're going to be here again. So we're actually excited to have guys here for two years. We're in years past. If, if a guy was here two years, it's great from a fan perspective. It's great for us because we is a familiar face. But it didn't always mean it didn't always bode well for the development of that player. Okay, well, I guess uh, I don't know. If, does anybody any have more questions about uh, the league setup? Or I think I know where you're going, Mark. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I was really jazzed up when I heard that the the uh, the league was going to rebrand, and I believe the Sock Puppets were the first team to announce their rebrand. Yep. And the minute I saw that, I was like, wow, they knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. And every other logo that came out the next few months, I compared it to it. And I, I feel like the Sock Puppets did the best job. I, I'll give Danville credit, too. That's a different story. We'll talk about that later. But Watch when, yourself. Who, who, Watch yourself with Danville. I mean, yeah, I know, Twitter rivalry. And I know the Twitter rivalry is fun there. But <laughs> who came up with this name? Or, or when did you know, hey, we got a winner here. It has to be the sock puppets. Yeah, so you guys want the long story or the short story? How long do you guys want me to talk? 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm okay with a long story as long as we're not here till 11 o'clock tonight. All right. <laughs> so, all right. Here, here we yeah, go. Yeah, give it to us. So, we... We tried to p- we pivoted last year in COVID. When the season was canceled, we we rented out our ballpark, and myself and my, uh, my AGM Thomas Vickers, we worked for 22 straight weekends from June beginning of June all the way until the beginning of November. Thomas and I were at the ballpark every single weekend running these tournaments. We had no life. Okay, I, I mean I have no life anyways, but we had more less of a life uh, then, and. We started thinking, all right, if the Royals, the Kansas City Royals wanted us still as a farm team, and, and they gave us the go-ahead to rebrand. So we knew, regardless if we were in this, if we were affiliated, if we were not affiliated, we were going to rebrand. And our owner, Ryan Kerr, uh, Thomas and I were sitting down talking, and we're like, all right, well, what is the history of Allen's County? And textiles is just huge here. If you come to this county, if you come to this area of North Carolina in general, outside of Allen's County, you're going to see nothing but water towers and these buildings that used to be these textile mills. And one of the huge products that were made here were socks, any types of socks, S-O-C-K-S, okay? And we're like, all right, well, we want to honor that. But we wanted to honor the S-O-C-K-S. We didn't want to honor S-O-X. That's not a thing. That's just like some baseball Name that the Red Sox, the White Sox, the Aqua Sox all came up with because it looks cool, right? And we want to honor. Just be careful, like you, you're ta- not me, but the other guy. You got a Red Sox no, no. fan and a White Sox fan. No, no, no. I know. I'm gonna, I, I don't want to. I don't want you guys to think I'm in. I don't want you guys to think. Yeah, I don't want you guys to think that I'm in enemy territory here. All right, so it's not that it, we wanted to be different. We wanted to honor the specific product, uh, the specific product that was made here. We wanted to be different, so we knew that we had to go SOCKS. Like, there's not a team that I can think of that is SOCKS. And Ryan, our owner, actually, it came up to us one time and said, "How funny would it be if we were the Sock Puppets?" And I would, I looked at him dead in the eye. I said, "If, if we're named the Sock Puppets." You will need to find yourself a new general manager because I will not be. Wow! There. So you were against it. I was. I was hardcore against it. Oh, I was thinking that was, that was a eureka. Moment. I, I thought the light bulb went over your head. Yeah. Nope. You saw. Okay. No. He he said he said how funny would it be if this? It started as a joke, and I was just like, no, it's stupid. It's childish. It was everything that a too cool for school, you know, mentality fan thinks about like it's childish it's very minor league it's over the top and as we got to and then we started role playing it and in all honesty so we contracted with studio simon and th- this was this was the moment i realized it was going to be sock puppets we had this this we had two weeks two weeks of this non-stop non-stop um uh discovery phase of dan simon with studio simon me thomas and ryan meeting with local stakeholders meeting with community members and just learning about the history, learning about their experience, whether they were here for their entire life and generations or whether they just moved here within the last 10 years. And at the end of the whole, that entire phase, Dan was, was closing the call between just us, me, Ryan, and Thomas. And he said, look, I usually don't do this. I try to come up with like nine different names to show you guys some different options. But there's just this one name that was, that's just really sticking out to me. And I told Dan, I was like, Dan, before you say it, <laughs> I looked at Ryan. I was like, Ryan. I swear, if this is going to be what I think it's going to be, and sure enough, Dan Simon goes, I think it needs to be sock puppets. 
and I almost I almost hung up the call. I was like, this is I'm actually going to be the general manager of the sock puppets. So that's how that's how the, like the name actually like, got momentum. Okay, and and over the next six months, we just storyboarded this brand, and I was just starting to think about all the aspects of our right, what is a what what is a sock puppet? What does it actually mean? As goofy as it sounds, what does it mean? And it's a no brainer. I've never been in love with a name and with a brand more than now because you know what is a sock puppet? It can be whatever we want. It can be you know the cool guy with the with the hat on backwards and the sunglasses, which actually we tried to model off of Ken Griffey Jr.'s new era baseball style, if you guys remember back in the day when he was reprimanded. Yeah, so that, that's the theme behind the logo is we had the new era baseball style, and then we had the stirrup representing the professional yeah, baseball style. So we wanted the two different dialogues there. And we thought to ourselves, well, what is the sock puppet? What does it look like? And we haven't released it yet, but uh, we're going to be creating this community-style sock puppet piece where it's going to be – Back in back in the American Revolution, people here the on May sixteenth, seventeen I don't remember the name of two hundred fifty years ago. It's the two hundred fiftieth anniversary of the Battle of Alamance on May sixteenth this year. That is technically the first confrontation in the American Revolution. And it happened here, right, in, in Alamance, North Carolina. It's the first confrontation in the American Revolution. So we're gonna be creating a sock puppet that honors think Mel Gibson and the Patriot, you know, the three style hat, three pointed hat, the the overcoat. And then we're gonna have a, a sock puppet that honors company shops, which was the railroad station that officially brought people to this area that later became known as Burlington. And then we're going to have a uh, think Amelia Earhart 1940s style pilot with the leather hat, the goggles, um, sock puppet that honors the Fairchild Airport, which is a huge industry in the Western Electric, which is a huge industry in the 30s through the 70s. So those three characters are going to start our Avenger-style sock puppet characters that resemble the history of Alamance County. And no brand can do that. No brand can encompass all these small, minute facets of, of, of such a collective history. And I'm, I'm just excited from that standpoint. I'm excited from the wackiness and the uniqueness that we can, we can have standpoint, but man, we have a lot of things down the line that I think when we release, people are going to be like, mm. this name is actually pretty freaking cool. Cause I, yeah. I came, I came around. Yeah. Cause I, I think what I had made a list of what the team should be called. Just, I picked up on the hosiery concept. I picked, Clinton Wolfrogs. I said, oh, that sounds like a cool name because that's a term. But when I saw Sock Puppets, I was like, they did it. They did They did it better. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you're right. It's right. The two. I love the two logos. I love what you're just telling me, how you can do some different concepts. I mean, even I've seen on a, on social media the, the Sock Puppet talk shows that you guys <laughs> are doing. And, you know, Dave remembers Ed the Sock from uh, – yeah. Much, oh uh, boy, that was from uh, <laughs> from much music. Yeah, I remember yeah. the sock. Oh, so Anderson, when we were talking about the show, we were talking about all of us starting off screen and just like having sock yeah. puppets. I would have loved honestly. Stiffle and Ollie, uh, those other famous yep. sock puppets. If you guys would have done that, I would have loved nothing. I should have brought mine. So I'm the stirrup guy. Actually, I probably should. Have oh, stirrup. okay. Um, I'm not the stirrup guy. The stirrup guy's the stirrup guy, right? Like that's a sock puppet. It's not me. Uh. But yeah, I mean, if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me ten years ago, like, hey, this is you're going to be the general manager of a team, and you're going to be creating weekly, you know, monthly sock puppet videos, I would have laughed at your face. But like, that's what it is, and it's fun. Like Thomas, our AGM, him and I just have so much fun just coming up with these scripts and this just these stupid ways to talk about what we're doing here, but like via a sock puppet. 
I just think that's so much. I just think that's so fun. Like we released our mascot, and we're we're taking in the team submit or name the mascot submissions uh, this week, and and we released it with. We were just going to release the mascot, and and we thought to ourselves like we have to release this with the sock puppets. Like everything we every release we do has to have you know the the two sock puppets because like that's our brand. It's stupid. It's mm-hmm. it's stupid. It's stupid. Now, now, now do they have names yet for the these two characters or not yet? As as you know what is creative. Is, I'd like to think it's creative as our brand is. We don't have – it's Cool Guy and Syrup Guy. Those are the two okay, names. Okay, Cool Guy and, and, and And that's what we're sticking with. I don't think we'll ever have names for those two Wow, kids. okay. I love – I think I love the ununiqueness, if that's even a word, the ununiqueness of the names on the fact that it's just like this ridiculous brand. It's Cool Guy and Syrup Guy. That's it. You know, I heard – when I heard the, the name, the first thing I thought of was uh, an episode of The Simpsons. When uh, when Homer was being all puffy and he says, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. And Marge yells out, sock puppets. And, you know, he goes and freaks out. So I hope you found that clip and, and are going like, <laughs> to use it nonstop in the ballpark on the uh, on the audio and the on the screen and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So so fun fact for you, our ballpark uh, doesn't have a screen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hopefully it does. We don't have a jumbo screen. So the, the, the connections are all going to be audio. We're going to actually hopefully get a screen here in the future. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's the, amount of, the amount of suggestions my friends, our fans have sent me is just like, re, like uh, Pitch Perfect, I think, is the movie. You know, they have the Sacapellas, and they're like, well, you have to incorporate this. And it's, it's so funny to see this, like, stupid childish toy that nobody ever thought about actually coming to life and people getting behind like it's it's so much fun to see everybody just sending submissions of, or suggestions saying you guys need to incorporate this or this or this so we're just having fun with it and without a screen yeah, wouldn't you really gotta if you were to, oh, no. sorry so I, it wouldn't have worked if you were to call them the bulldogs right Exactly. I mean, people. People. My favorite comment that I saw when uh, when we released the name is, "Who's going to be Who's going to be scared of a sock puppet? You know, no player's going to want to No player's going to want to wear a sock puppet jersey." And 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 one, I don't want anybody scared of our name. I want people knowing when they come to our ballpark, they're going to have a ridiculous baseball experience. They're never going to have. They're, I, I wish I could tell you guys some stuff that we have planned for the season. But it's just tell us. Yet. I can't. I can't. I can't break it. I can't break it yet. I can't break, break it. Break out stirrup guy. I can't break it. It's like breaking news. No. Let I mean, them tell like, us. We're gonna have. Yeah, true. If I just had like this, the stirrup guy here, you know, he could tell us. And I can't. I can't get. I can't get in trouble for that. It's, it's him, not me. Uh, but but yeah, I mean people. I don't want people scared of us. I want people knowing that it's going to be ridiculous. And then, two, the amount of players that have personally emailed me saying they want to be a stock puppet. Now, granted, I don't know if they're doing this with every league. I would, I would hope not. But it's crazy. Like people want to be a stock puppet. It, it's, it's crazy the the amount of emails I've gotten from players saying that they just they want specifically to be a sock puppet is outstanding like I didn't want to be a sock puppet at first and and I'm honestly I'm ashamed of this like shoot like how could I be this like short-sighted and not you know thinking how awesome of a brand this could be meanwhile all these players are flooding my inbox mm-hmm. of saying hey this is what I want to do uh would you be able to tell us other names that were considered before you picked the sock puppets was there anything close that people were we had, we had some we had some we had over 1200 suggestions from the community and there were some really solid names but no there there wasn't anything that we wanted other than sock puppets like okay. sock puppets was it 
So uh, when it comes to uniform, is it going to be cool guy socks or stirrups? Stirrups. I mean, how how can we have? Thank you. How can we have a stirrup guy in our logo and not have a stirrup sock? Like that would be so disingenuous and disheartening for everybody. One of my big complaints about Major League Baseball now is that the Oakland A's don't have the stirrups with the yellow socks anymore, which was just so unique. Now everybody's got like the Babe Ruth kind of socks, and yeah, I I mean, know, it's just not the same. No, I think stirrups are making a huge comeback, too. I mean, you look at all the little leagues. Everybody wants to wear stirrups. It's the cool thing to do now. I love it. Uh, actually, one, one of my favorite things about this brand is we still have a handful of major national stock companies in Bronx, North Carolina, and one of them, who's a huge partner of ours now, uh, Wilson Brown Socks, uh, Brown Dog Hosiery, is going to make our stirrups. So all of our player, like all of the stirrups that our players are going to be wearing will be made here in Bronson, North Carolina. I think that's really freaking cool. Yeah, that's that. that well, the hosiery capital of the South, right? Is that the name? Exactly. That's right. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, uh, I guess you got, so you got the logo. How about merchandise? How many states have made orders for sock puppets gear? Every single state in two countries. Okay. I had a feeling you'd say about – I have a feeling you'd say that. So, yep. every single state. Every single state, and I couldn't believe it. We were we were so overwhelmed. We didn't get truly caught up on merchandise until the middle of March, and we launched February first. Like we were consistently backed up, and it's a good problem to have. Obviously, it's a problem still, but it's a great problem to have. And everybody, I, I can't thank all of the people who were supporting us, who bought merchandise, who were showing their support on on the internet. I can't thank them enough because, I mean, shoot, some people were waiting a, a long time to get just a simple hat. Uh, but, I mean, we have a great fan base. We have a great following on social media, and I can't thank them enough for, for just showing us the tremendous support that they have for these first two and a half months. And then have, have jerseys been released yet, or is that something coming up? And something coming up. Coming up, okay. Soon. Just want to make sure. Very, soon, yep. Just wanted to make sure. I'm sure I'll see it on Chris Kramer's site or – Paul Lucas's site, so. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we see it on your guys' site. Well, yeah, send me the information. That's right. We will. I'll write it up. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I've done a little bit of research here. Uh, you basically have, have sort of outlined this league as, as being a lot of players who most people aren't going to know, and it's not necessarily about the players, it's about the, the full experience. Um but I did see that you do have one big recognizable name uh, as your manager, and that's Jack McDowell. That's right. How does having uh, Jack McDowell help with the with the marketing, or does it help? No, it it, it definitely helps. I think it gives so much. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, trust, I guess, in in the sense that this league's legit. I mean, that guy's a 93 Cy Young Award winner. He probably could have won the Cy Young in 91 and 92. Like, this guy is a legit baseball human being, and he's our manager. Like, these guys are going to be getting the best of the best experience from a former all-star and three-time all-star and one-time Cy Young Award winner. And better, better, yeah, I mean, Jack's just a good guy. He is funny. He's down to earth. And to give you guys, I will break this news, our walkout song he created specifically for us. He texted me on Sunday night and said, hey, I, I uh, pr- created and produced this uh, insanely crazy uh, walkout song uh, themed for the sock puppets. Do you want to play it as, as the team's walkout when we take the field at home? And I said, 
Absolutely. And, and it's, he, it's, it's I remember him being a guitar player, musician yeah, during the right. days. Yeah. Yeah. He was a musician. He was a musician back in the day. Still is. And yeah, he is. He produced this song, created it from absolute scratch, and uh, it's going to be our walkout song now. Wow. Well, I can't hardly wait. Well, you'll have to you'll have to send me that when that oh, time comes. I don't know when I'll be at a game next, but walkout song. I don't think I've is that something normal in uh with baseball teams with walkouts? So a lot of teams so a lot of teams when 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 they're at home when, you know, home. when the team after the national anthem when the team takes the field, there there's typically a you know, a pump up song or some song that okay. you can request or whatever. But this will be our specific song. But that, nothing that, nothing original. I, I you know I think the Lance and Lugnuts have their own song from what I remember last year. May I I say maybe there's a handful of teams that yeah. have their original song. But, okay, Blue I mean, Jays, but that's not a walk-up song. Is no, it? that's that's a seventh inning stretch. That's a seventh yeah. inning. Yeah. The Pawn yeah. Sox had one for a couple of years, but it was like an old-timey one that was was horrible. It was just horrible. You talking uh, about Sweet Caroline? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sick of Sweet Caroline too, but it, I just want to call everywhere. I just want to call Sweet Caroline terrible and see how you reacted, and you didn't react as, <laughs> as aggressive as I thought. It's they've been playing it since what what ninety something. It's it's time to retire it. Yeah, especially yeah, when you hear it everywhere. No shot. Sweet Caroline, you can't take that out. Especially on a thirsty Thursday, you play Sweet Caroline and you pause that song and you just hear the fans just carry on. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing better. Oh, there's a lot of things better in my opinion, but that's me. <laughs> Except when they tried to kneel, Di- you know, 75-year-old Neil Diamond out to sing it one day. That was awesome. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep things fresh. And, and man, man, you guys are keeping things fresh right now. And I, I was just thinking that yeah, it's the rebranding and like the attitude has gone even like to your online accounts. The the Twitter feud you guys are having with the Danville, uh, the Otterbots has yeah. just been fun to watch too. It's just it's it's cute. It's cute to me that they can be the new guys in the league and they think they have this, all this power. I mean, we have ten times their followers. We, we're so much more established. We have such a better brand. And they come in here thinking that they can compete with us. It's cute. It's like when you, when you have a little sibling, you know, a little sibling that wants to be as cool as the big bro. I mean, you can try. You can try, and it's adorable when you try. But come on. Yeah, because I, I did say the Otterbots. I love the logo. I just – you guys, your logo screams baseball. And as I was about to say earlier, Alexander Fish, who I had interviewed for an article, he created the Ottawa Titans logo. Uh, he said, you know, when it comes to baseball, you have to make it child-kid-friendly. I think that's what you did. Their logo looks like a villain from the Transformer cartoons from the yeah. 1980s. Uh, it's great, though. I love their logo. I think it's just something so beyond what baseball is at the moment. But uh, I just love the fact that we're talking about Appalachian League baseball and, and all their great logos. Are you, is there a rivalry with any other teams, or is or the Autobots your, your main rival? I mean, I wouldn't consider our the Otterbots even a rival. It's just like, well, I mean, the, the Twitter. When, we're, when we're just so much better than them, yeah. like, how, oh, okay. how, like they probably consider us a rivalry, but when yeah. we're just so much better than them, like, is it truly rivalry? I mean, that, that's, that's neither here nor there. But, but no, I mean, we, we love – I mean, all, the, all ten teams – sorry, all the other eight teams are, are great, yes. great, great uh, teams, well, uh, well-run well organizations, and, and this league is going to be so much fun. I mean, the fact that for hun- uh, over a century this league has had nothing but a name that is after a different community, and now we all finally have something that embraces where we truly 
call home is special. I think that's really, really cool, and I'm really excited to, to, to see it come to fruition and, and have these jerseys being worn at, at our ballpark and wearing our, our Sock Puppets jersey out at, uh, uh, you know, out in Bluefield and Princeton and all these – in Bristol and all these random uh, uh, communities. So I'm pumped. It, it's going to be such a great year for everybody except Danville. I just can't wait yeah. to get started. Now, now we have the Mercer Cup. Are we going to have a sort of traveling trophy – between you and Danville, because it's about 43 miles separate, you guys, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's about a 45, 50-minute drive to Danville. And, I mean, we would uh, we would ask Danville to pay for it, but, I mean, I don't know why they would pay for something that's always going to be at Bronson Athletic right. Stadium. Uh, but if they wanted to, if they wanted to create a cup with us, then, then all power to them, but they should know that it'll be living rent-free here in Bronson Athletic Stadium. You took our stadium. Right, so you can yep. take their you can take their cup. <laughs> That's actually that was gonna be my next question because uh, your, your your home stadium's got a lot of history. A lot of history. To our listeners who may not be familiar with the story of Burlington Athletic Stadium. Yeah, so so like all good like all good things, uh, they leave Danville and they come to Burlington. So our stadium was was originally uh, con- conceived in in Danville, Virginia, and was disassembled, put on a train, and brought down to Burlington, North Carolina, and reconstructed uh, in I want to say 1964. Might have been. It was uh, 1960, and then 61, I believe, was well, 1960 was the first season. So 19, so I, I wrote an article about it. That's why I'm kind of excited to talk about. Yeah, this. so, so 19, <laughs> yeah, and then it was, and then it was reconstructed here. And, and and so when you come here, like that's that's what you like the the nuts and the bolts of the main grandstands is like is the stadium that was in Danville, and it's the only stadium that I know of. I mean, I mean Mark, you might have a, a better idea. I think uh, that's the only stadium that's been transported from one community to another. I, I know that the original Colts 45 stadium was disassembled and, and placed mm-hmm. somewhere in Mexico. But it's the only one in use. The, the only one in use. You're right. That's not something that normally happens. Yeah. And, and I think at the time uh, it was the Danville Leafs and there was a San Francisco Giant team and they moved them out to the West Coast. And I think the Dan Mills uh, – Dan, Dan Mills River Company yeah. owned it and – Burlington didn't have a stadium, and they said, "Hey, let's uh, let's offer to buy it." I think they got a really good deal on it. Yeah, what I remember. But yeah, uh, and and then and then fast forward 25 years, we were one of the only stadiums to be in one of the most popular baseball movies of all time in in Bull yeah. Durham. We're, we're one of the stadiums that are featured in a handful of scenes. Um, yeah, it's a, cl- it's a classic Bull Durham stadium. You're right. It's it's yeah I mean it's 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 awesome I mean there's so much history when you and, and honestly I love I love that about minor league baseball like there's some really nice parks with some great amenities and if you want to go to those great awesome enjoy the AC but if you want to enjoy baseball at its finest and at its purest you got to come to one of these old ball I came from Daytona Tortugas uh, with the Daytona Tortugas who played at historic Jackie Robinson ballpark I mean that's where history is made and you go to these ballparks and you're watching a baseball game like they would have. You know, decades ago, centuries ago. I think that's I think that's really special. I, mean, I think even, that's cool. Yeah, even the 1980s, uh, early 90s, when I was a kid, you still had a lot of those stadiums yeah. around. And yeah, I've, I've lived through that transformation. Yep. You know, I remember going to Trenton, New Jersey, and saying, "Wow, what did they do here?" I remember seeing uh, Lakewood, New Jersey, and Somerset, and you saw the stadiums get bigger, better, wider, fancier. Uh, it wasn't bush league anymore. These were very well done stadiums. Uh, getting back to your ballpark, it cost five thousand dollars 
to dismantle it, $1,500 to move it, and then another five grand to build it back again at uh, Fairchild Park, which I guess was the original name. What year was this one? Uh, this would have been 1960. This was between the wow. end of the 58 season and 1960. Huh. So 1960, it opened up for baseball. May more importantly, it's the only Appalachian League park that I've been to. So it's got yeah. that going for it, too. Here we go. Well, hopefully it's the only Appalachian – I don't want to say only. Hopefully it's one of the nine Appalachian League ballparks you visit this summer. Nine. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's – Go ahead. I thought you were right. Um, so, uh, Anderson, since we are Stadium Journey here, um, we always put our guests on the spot and uh, let them talk about some of their favorite places to catch games. Yeah, I mean, I said it earlier, I love I love Daytona's ballpark. I, I worked there for three years, and the history of that is the birthplace of integrated baseball is something I get chills just thinking about. I just get chills like walking into that ballpark, and I worked there for three years. It's it's, it's really cool. I think sometimes people can take it for granted, um, and some, some sometimes people don't know, but uh, it's a really cool story, and that ballpark will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, I'm actually a huge fan of uh, the Tampa Bay Rays Stadium. Uh, I grew up going to uh, a bunch of the game, a bunch of the Devil Rays then uh, games in, in St. Petersburg, and if we're talking major leagues, and as crappy as reviews as, as that stadium gets, uh, it holds a special place in my heart. I love, I love the the, the Devil Ray uh, or the Manta Ray, uh, you know, thing in the outfield, and I just love the ballpark. But uh, from from an overall stadium perspective, I mean, shoot, I can I can rattle off a whole bunch of of, of stadiums, but nothing will be Daytona and uh, except Bronson Athletic Stadium, and that's just not me me being biased. Uh, Bronson is where I got my start in minor league baseball. It's where I had my first ever internship. Uh, this ballpark is intimate. I was meeting with the season ticket holder a couple months ago, and I asked him what his favorite part of the ballpark was, and he said, "I love the fact that I can yell up to the uh, the press box and tell him to change his song if it's a song he didn't like." And I don't think you can get that anywhere else, you know. And the fact that we we listen, and the fact that you can do that, I think it's really cool. It's intimate, and there's there's just there's just not a better place to to catch a ball game. All right, so it sounds like uh, we all need to make a trip down to Burlington at some hey. point this summer. Yeah, I know well, a guy, I know a guy that can hook you up. I got connections. Yeah, we got connections. So I guess that's uh makes a, like a logical point for us to wrap it up, and so we want to thank you for coming on board. Um, do you want to let our listeners know where they can uh, get some information about the sock puppets or follow you guys online? You've got a great social media team doing a lot of stuff down there. It's a, it's a fun follow. We'll Thank follow. you. Well, yeah, we appreciate it. We want it to be fun. We want you guys to in, uh, interact with us. We want to be engaging. Uh, be at, at Go Sock Puppets at everything, www.gosockpuppets.com. Uh, and, and that's it. I mean, we, we try to make it easy. It's, it's not hard to find us. Just type in uh, who the heck would name a baseball team the Sock Puppets, and you'll find us. So there we are. Does that really come up if you search that? I don't know. But I felt I'll like it, felt, it, felt cool, it felt cool to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck this season, Anderson. And once again, thanks for coming on. This is, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. All right. Thanks once again to Anderson Rathburn for joining us tonight. That was a lot of fun for me. I don't know about you guys. Hope you all enjoyed it. So, uh, Mark, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, Ballpark Hunter on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, type those words in, and uh, you'll be surprised and entertained. 
And Dave, how about you? Where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, at Profan9 on Twitter, uh, and also check out our regular Stadium Journey podcast and Obstructed Geeks oh, yeah. on YouTube. We've got a couple of good ones coming up. And don't forget to check out our website. Hey, actually, you can follow my Stadium Journey. I'm Paul Baker. On Twitter or Instagram. And I have a YouTube page, too. It's got a nice brawl video from the old... Uh, what league was that? That was the Can-Am League. The North Shore Navigators and the Quebec Capital had a nice brawl, and I actually happened to be there and anticipated and recorded it. It's the only really good video I have on my channel, but if you want to check it out, uh, go to Puckman RI. And don't forget to check out our website, StadiumJourney.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We are at Stadium Journey. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, follow us on Facebook, too. And you can find the Stadium Journey podcast at vocnation.com or search VOC Nation Radio Network on your podcast app. And we are also on Spotify. And we simulcast live every other Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern at twitch.tv slash 83 And our next Tuesday night show, depending on when you see this, will be April 27th. It's going to be a really good one because we will be joined by Mike Nutter and Mike Limmer from the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. They've always been great to us at Stadium Journey. We're looking forward to having them on the show. So until next time, won't you take me to Funky Town? This is the sister, the doctor of style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. 
Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Press discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.